0: On this episode of Quick Save the Podcast, it's all about Final Fantasy VII Remake, as I give my full spoiler free review of it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the one, the only Quick Save the Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Mitch, and joining me once again is Callum. Greetings. So we're going to do something different on this podcast, and it's something we're probably going to continue to do for quite a while, which is a review. The first one is somewhat ironic because it's the final Fantasy VII remake. And look, it's a bit late, and everyone who's wanted to play it has probably finished it, but I just finished it. So I think it's a very good game. There's a lot I like about it. And I'm just going to get started with talking about my history with the series. I didn't grow up with the PlayStation or playing Final Fantasy. The first Final Fantasy game I really played was the MMO, Final Fantasy XIV. Because I was looking at the expansion for Heavensward. It got me interested in the franchise because there's like a lot of enemies from it. And like, what's this? The cactuar and like cactus enemies are weird. And a lot of airships. I do like airships. So I was like, maybe I need to play more of it. So I finished ten and fifteen. I first played Final Fantasy VII in 2016. So this was before 15, and I found it the most unique story at the time. It definitely was different. It's pretty confusing, pretty emotional, but it kept me invested to the end. And it was really on the story alone. I didn't love the combat, though. I want to come back after playing Remake and jumping back into this to kind of see, like, if I enjoy it more. Because I reckon yeah. I might. Remake gave me an appreciation for the original, that I didn't previously have because it made you, since I played it late, I didn't have that. I wasn't blown away by the graphics. Yeah. In fact, they were a bit bad. Like it definitely hadn't aged well. So seeing mm. what remake looks like, and I now have that image in my head. So when I play the old one, I'm thinking more of that.
1: Yeah, and I think it was always an interesting game for that reason because it was such a beloved game as well. So there was almost like people in like different camps. Like there were some people who were diehard fans of the original who kind of didn't want them to change anything. And then other people who kind of thought that because it's so many years on now, it had to have kind of a, a much more modern take, like on things like the combat system and stuff. Yeah,
0: and obviously in the end, they went for a much more modern take. Yeah. This game is not a one to one recreation of Final Fantasy VII. There are things they've changed, things they've added things that make it more exciting for someone who's played the original yeah. than more at just tracking down the same path I already know.
1: While also, I guess, you know, bringing in newer players that maybe didn't play, like yeah. for me, for example, that didn't, haven't played 7 and all or, like, didn't play, it, you know, growing up as a kid and stuff.
0: And that, in a sense, is who this kind of review is for, someone who didn't grow up with it, but someone mm. who's maybe looking at it and going, that game looks kind of interesting. And I will yeah. say this, like, even if you're not a fan of Final Fantasy, This game is a really good spot to jump in Mm. because it is a good game. It's my favorite game I've played so far this year, albeit there hasn't been that many I've played. Yeah, I think it's worth playing. It is quite long. I expect it to be like 15 hours or something because it's just really the first five hours of Final Fantasy VII. That first tiny chapter of quite a long game. So if this is how long this bit is, I'm curious how long it's going to be. But this game was 38 hours for me to beat on normal. And that was checking out a lot of the side quests, doing a lot of the arena-based modes and really delving into it. Just So I did as much
1: as I could. And that's like a lot, I mean, 38 hours just looking at that, like obviously, as you were saying, getting caught up doing stuff along the way. But I mean, given that this is, you know, part one of what they're doing with the remake, it's pretty substantial because there are other sort of open world games that have that sort of runtime in and of themselves. So it's, yeah, it's it's pretty meaty, yeah.
0: It never felt like it was too long. I think it felt reasonably well-paced and it has like a start, middle and end. Yeah, like there was a clear kind of arc. That makes it feel as if, yeah, it is its own game. So when they talk about making a sequel, they truly kind of mean it. They don't just mean an expanded part. They truly mean new game. I say that even though they are treading down a similar path. But yeah, just to talk specifics. Coming Mission at the start, pretty much the most iconic part of Final Fantasy VII. And the whole intro cutscene, like, it looks incredible. And I think is a very good introduction. And it sets you up with fighting regular enemies and ending with a boss fight and really sets you up of how this game is going to work.
1: Yeah, and I, I remember watching footage of you, like, playing that opening scene because I hadn't seen it from the original game. And it, it really it draws you into the world and just kind of, like, is quite visually striking from the start. I think it's a very cool introduction.
0: Yeah, and it really gets you to show what this game is about, what you can expect in all in about an hour. Yeah. If you don't enjoy that start experience... You're probably not gonna enjoy the game. Right. So, in a way, it's kind of nice that it's kind of shows you really clear what this game will be. In terms of the characters themselves, Barrett is probably my favorite. He's the guy with the gun arm. Mm, yeah. He's just having big old rants about why were they gonna save the planet. He's basically trying to stop the big corporation, Shinra, from basically stripping the planet dry of its most precious resource. Right. Which is called Mako Energy, which is key to the entire storyline. It's kind of funny how the message of Final Fantasy VII... Is still relevant today of like corporations mm. abusing our natural resources and stuff
1: yeah that that's something that really intrigued me about like having not played the game but just hearing people's kind of love for the original game and stuff is that it's, it seemed to have a story that was really ahead of its time because it's like mm. one of the like you kind of mentioned like one of the core themes is like environmentalism like this sort of like stop the impact that corporations can have on the environment in in their sort of pursuit of profit and stuff so it's quite a i think it was
0: yeah an idea that was very ahead of its time and yet
1: definitely very relevant today
0: in terms of like everyone focuses on cloud cloud at this point in the game is probably the weakest character there's no real development of him as a character whether characters like barrett Aerith, and tifa all go through some kind of character development i don't think he truly does Mm. but the thing cloud does best is dress as a lady because they (laughs) get the cross-dressing part in which Honestly, I expect that to not make the cut.
1: Yeah, me too. But it
0: was so well received from everyone who played it i think they now the voices because you got to remember when this game came out there was no voice acting and i know they kind of went the advent children route of like get voices similar to that yeah i should have probably looked up in advance if they were the same voice actors
1: yeah and like for the most part like you say like e- even just from like I've seen like it seems like most of the voices seem appropriate to the characters like it's all with some of the bosses it's very kind of like over the top and like hammy and stuff with certain characters but i kind of like that as well i just it's kind of very deliberately over the top
0: yeah and i I think it does a good job at kind of showing you Shinra's motivation. They do like really good moments of setting up a really cool story that they kind of they go fully into and develop entirely in this game. There's also a specific mission early on that really expands on a couple characters. So, Biggs, Wedge, and Jesse, these characters in the original, don't actually get a lot of screen time and don't actually get to develop. As characters. Right. So they're a lot more, they're a lot more fleshed out. Each character was compelling and mm. I felt more invested in their story in this game because there's just a lot more time you spend with these characters, a lot more cutscenes with these characters talking and like, you really get a feel of who these characters are and why they're part of the main group, which is Avalanche. But yeah, so focus on these characters and why they're actually members of it. And like goes a bit into their family history and like why they joined in the first place. In the original, the characters I could only remember because Biggs and Wedge are literally in every single Final Fantasy game. I couldn't remember anything about them. I completely forgot about them until playing this game again because they were quite forgettable characters. And it really made me feel as if Midgar was like a proper city. Yeah. Which is something the game obviously didn't have as much graphical fidelity to kind of make you believe that this was a world. But that mission alone gave me a real feel for like... This is a real place and not just some fantasy world yeah and that that's what i
1: think is really cool about this game sort of as an outsider as well like just looking at it as a remake because it feels like it's really warranted like it's not only because of how long there's been since the original came out because you're looking at around 20 years now but also just it allows them to kind of realize the world in a way they just couldn't
0: have at the times it's mostly linear there is mostly not a lot of there's not actually a lot of side quests There's about around 20 side quests in the entire game. Yeah. So there isn't a whole lot and they're not really that know, impressive they're really just like find and kill enemies and i think that
1: that was something that i mean this game seems to have a lot less but something one of my few kind of gripes with final fantasy 15 is that like it had a lot of side quests but they were pretty much all very kind of formulaic and just yeah. like not there were a couple of exceptions but for the most part it was very kind of like traditional sort of fetch quest and it sounds like there's similar kind of things here and like this game actually has a lot of mini games like darts. And are they sort of mini games that you can freely do at any time? Or is it just when you're in like certain, certain events locations? Stop yeah. You.
0: Well, yeah, it is basically dependent on where you are. Right. So if you're in the Bar 7th Heaven, which is the main base of this part of Avalanche, they have a dartboard, they have a jukebox, things you can interact with oh cool
1: and i always like those things in games as well like just things that sort of allow you to pass the time like i think it's something that red dead 2 did really well it's something that like rockstar
0: does really well yeah, in all their games
1: like games like these mini games that are actually like really fun in their own right and you can just like sink a lot of time into like it's yeah it's good
0: they do toss some of these mini game-ish things into things you have to do in the story which there was this bit where you had to push these levers at the same time which i'm going to admit took me a lot longer than i anticipated but i would <laughs> So, yeah, but that's sort of like a side part of it. PsyQuest aren't that impressive, to be honest. I think they missed an opportunity by not having the card game they literally have in Final Fantasy VII, which is Triple Triad. And I think the addition of, obviously, chocobos and the chocobo breeding system, which let you make your own coloured chocobos, which would be a fun thing to do as a side quest. So, yeah, I think I need to talk about the game's visuals. And this is a point of... A mixed bag, yeah. <laughs> yeah, a mixed bag, you could say, because, like, when it looks good, my God, does this game look impressive. Mm. Almost unrivaled how good it is. Like, the cinematics, for the most part, are top tier, in both, like, visuals and animations. And I'd say most of the major hubs, too, are pretty detailed. I probably think the most impressive area visually is inside Shinra Tower, as it just looks so damn good. Or, strangely enough, like, The Sector 7 slums look like the perfect translation from the old game. But there are some places that you just can't help just take you out of that game so fast because some areas just have really low quality textures for, like, doors and stuff as you approach them. But there's another bigger issue. It's usually in the use of, like, pre-rendered backdrops, which are clearly images. And, like, they, they do a terrible job at hiding the fact they are an image. I was kind of hoping through the whole game... That this was some kind of glitch, like something's kinda of wrong. Yeah. But like I'm, it's pretty not sure or I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it was <laughs> as intended as it should be. It's on a PS4 Pro. Like yeah. it should be the best mm. looking version. But the use of pictures to cover up kind of parts of the game which honestly felt lazy. And yeah. all they had to do maybe delayed a bit longer just to fill in that bit. I know it's a bit unreasonable, but at the same point This is Final Fantasy VII Remake. It should be your flagship remake. This should be how remakes should be done forever. There were parts of it that just looked bad.
1: And almost at odds, like you say, like certain... Because I've only seen, you know, like bits of gameplay that you played and stuff. But the the cinematics themselves look, you know, look really stunning and stuff. So, it's kind of... It's almost more jarring when you see, like, how polished certain aspects of it are then compared to these... It's funny you're
0: saying that because... There is a point where all the characters are amazed at the view and it's one of these blurry images. Like that is what they're looking at and saying, look how good it looks. And it's just like, what, what, what do you mean? And it was a mix of how good their cinematics look as well as the jarring thing of how bad it can look altogether. Yeah. So it really showed you the best and worst in like one instance.
1: And that was also, I think you, you were talking about off-camera before, Mitch. like it's probably almost a symptom of the kind of handover of studios as well, where it's like, the game obviously ended up being in development for so long and we weren't sure like how many parts that were going to be and stuff and how it was going to be sort of chunked up. Yeah. So that it's maybe kind of a byproduct of that and just them maybe not having as much time as they really wanted to like fully polish and, you know, refine things.
0: Yeah, because I was saying that Square Enix probably had a date they wanted it to hit. Yeah. They obviously didn't meet the date because it got delayed, but yeah. they obviously had an idea of where they wanted it to go. And I think like every Final Fantasy, you have to talk about the music. Music is once again incredible. It's... Mm. Mostly new tracks, based on the old stuff, obviously. There are some very catchy songs, more so than the Victory tune. There's a lot of good music in here. I'd say some of it was maybe a little bit repetitive. Overall, I think I had some songs in my head for a while. I think the important thing to talk about in any kind of RPG is definitely how it plays. Mm. So the combat in general was a felt like a good mix of 15 mm-hmm. and the original seven to probably be my favorite real-time combat of a Final Fantasy game, mm-hmm. despite the many flaws I have with it. So combat is built around the active time battle system. This is similar to Final Fantasy 7 where turns would take place to have your turn and then while you're having your turn, the enemy gets its own like turn start to appear. Right. I still consider it. Turn-based, there's a turn-based mode, which is what I played it on, on the original. But this is all just like a regular action game now. Combat's real-time using standard attacks, blocking pairing parrying. So during combat, you build up your ATB meter, and it can be a maximum of two charges. And so you can pause the game at any time to issue commands. So like a lot of, it's all like real-time with pause, like those classic Brian. CRPGs, but sort of different. So you basically will find yourself using these points whenever you have them which is kind of what the combat's all about. Mm. Abilities, summons, spells, and items all use a single charge, but some bigger abilities and bigger summons can use two. So there are points in combat where you're running around praying for one of these to just appear. And so a big other fundamental part of combat is staggering the enemy. So Mm. every enemy can be staggered, but the way that you do that is generally different per kind of the enemies you're fighting. So it's quite fascinating sometimes what you need to do to stagger the enemy.
1: So is it like a, a different
0: combination of attacks or like using uh, different so characters different or? or? There are different abilities that build up stagger. Right. like ones that are built for doing that. And then you can use all your heavy attacks to do a chunk of bonus damage, which for a lot of times is the best way to fight bosses. Cause mm. you can't actually beat them unless you do that. Mm. For the most part, it is, it is building up to this staggered state yeah. where you can just hit them really hard. And part of the fun is kind of working out what their weaknesses are. So I do like it. I think it's fun building up to it and then obliterating it. I think that's very cool. And you feel very, it's very empowering. Like when all your characters start dealing massive damage and it's just like, it just feels good to watch. Mm. There is a specific encounter though, kind of midway through the game where this enemy felt like a damage sponge. Like I couldn't work out how... To actually stagger it. And even when I did. I didn't do as much damage. As I thought. It's quite a funny enemy. And. Um, but the weaknesses weren't clear. And I would really like. Struggle my way to winning that fight. Right. It was not a clean victory.
1: And I remember sort of how you're describing it. Like. That was always what I really enjoyed about Final Fantasy XV's combat. Like it was sometimes these Like. Battles that went on for a really long time, and it's like things kind of weren't going your way, and then you got a summon that would kind of like change it right at the end, or like something would you would just yeah. manage to kind of beat them, and it, it would create these kind of really tense kind of combat encounters, which I thought was really cool.
0: Mm, and summons are definitely a part of it, they use up the ATB system and really quite flashy. So, the other part of combat, basically the same thing in Final Fantasy 7 is materia. So, basically, each fight, Farraga and Thundara, for example, are just little materia orbs that you can slot into gear. So weapons and armor have slots for it. So different armor and different weapons have more slots. And as you, as you upgrade these weapons, they get more slots. So it gives you more ability to kind of create the character you want or the playstyle you want because you can just equip them in these slots. It doesn't matter what character they are. They get the spells that's tied to the material. And so it's, I felt it was an important mechanic to have ones you don't even regularly use equipped because mm. each material can level itself up. And as they level up, they gain access to different and more powerful abilities dependent on the material. So basically, as I was playing it, I had a couple of all my characters that I was just using to level up, and a couple key ones that I had to keep using. So in a way, it's sort of a negative that you have to keep changing them out. But Mm. Positively is that it gets you to try out things you might not try. I think that was important to getting me to try a different material and something I know I didn't do enough of in the original game, where I didn't really try out too much material. I found the ones I wanted and stuck with it. Right, and and
1: does this also have more like more on show than the original game did as well in terms of like giving you more options as far as the material too? Like
0: uh, if they added, yeah, I started. think they've added new ones. I couldn't one hundred percent be certain, right? Because it's been right. A long time since I played Final Fantasy Seven. The negative part of material is you can't change it on the fly. Right.
1: So like during during battle. Yeah, yeah. during battle you can't Mm. just
0: change it. So a lot of times in combat you were deciding whether to just restart because you had the wrong material equipped or just like Mm. see if you can do a first shot. Right. Because for the most part you don't have enough to give you every single spell at once so you kind of got to judge almost ahead of time what you think the enemies will have
1: so it's yeah you're sort of like preparing in advance almost for yeah like the type of encounters you think you'll have
0: yeah and so if you don't get that the game expects you to basically fail at least once or twice (laughs) before you learn there how to best fight them right so it's basically yeah you have to kind of be aware of what material you should have
1: and so there's a bit of kind of trial and error with it sort of as well like you kind of like come up
0: against an enemy and see like what works and what doesn't my main strategy was using Barrett because he mm. has this ability called Lifesaver that lets him kind of take damage for other characters. Mm. So, literally, he just became the, the, the tank. tank. <laughs> and so, I'd stack, like, HP up material. So, there's even tankier as well as giving him a self heal. Oh, nice. Yeah. It was a bit cheap, but it worked. And it would have been a lot easier had I been able to program him to being able right. to go because he wouldn't cast Chakra. I always had to go swap to him and go, okay, Barrett, please cast this. I say swap to them. You don't actually have to change character. You can do them. You can do every command as cloud. Oh, okay. And like right. you kind of go into their screen and go, I want to, to use this. And right. will do that. So, so you, can, you don't have
1: to fully switch over control. to yeah. Which yeah, is cool. but yeah. the
0: overdrive ability or over, whatever it's called, you actually have to swap because that's a button
1: that the AI generally I didn't see use. So, like, they, they sort of fall into that trap of, like, if you're leaving them to it, they're just kind of, like, not cool. overly helpful. Yeah, they're just kind of, like... And, yeah, like, it seems as if, like, each each of the kind of main party members have a distinct kind of, like, play style as well, which keeps you, like, kind of engaged yeah. in combat as well.
0: So, like, clown had two modes. He had the operator, which is, like, moving fast, and then he had the punisher mode where he kills criminals. No, but he... <laughs> He just it hits harder, which is a really good way to build up some of that stagger. Whereas my favourite was Tifa because she basically plays like a pugilist or Pugilist or However you pronounce that. I'm not actually sure. How do you pronounce
1: it? I think it's it's Pugilist, Pugilist, I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, just the Fist fighting character. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So her kind of ability was to level up her spell. So if you did it twice you get this Cool, like, three-length combo of all these different spells. Right. Because normally she just has whirling punch, but as you use this spell, she gets, like, different ones. And, yeah, she's definitely the fastest character and has a lot of fun moves. Mm. She doesn't hit as hard as Cloud. Obviously, Cloud should be the most well-rounded character, and he is because he is the main character. So, yeah, like I was saying, he has those modes. He has really cool abilities like Braver, like his old classic attacks that he uses. Uh, Least favorite of players was Aerith because she was just a caster and Mm. didn't have a lot of spells to really play with. Right. Even though she was probably one of my favourite characters. So like I said at the start, I think it's a great combat system and arguably the best real-time system so far. It gives you a lot of choices of how to kind of compose your party. Each character, for the most part, is fun and pretty varied. I'm looking forward to the um, future sequels where the full roster is playable. And uh, this game didn't let my favourite character be playable, Red 13 which was pretty upsetting. The ATB system gives the game a more tactical feel as you pause, well, slow combat to decide what to do. Right. It made every choice feel more meaningful, I guess, and really meshed well with the more hack and slash combat. Materia also continues to be a great system, and the new weapon leveling system is a good addition, which, by the way, I forgot to mention that the game has a heap of weapons that alter the gameplay even further. But this leads me to the negative, and the most annoying one was the camera. The camera was always a problem, like, consistently. Yeah. And it's sort of funny playing Ghost of Tsushima, and, like, that doesn't even have a lock-on button. And, like, it really does a good job, at lets you focus on enemies. The lock-on in Remake is useless. Just because you've locked on doesn't mean the camera's going to follow it. Right. It just means like, okay, it's gone off screen. Better go find it
1: so it just feels a little bit kind of unresponsive or just kind of yeah it's yeah it not... doesn't
0: do what you'd hope it would yeah basically like dark souls you're fixated on this target and it's something i wish they kind of just copied that kind of way of locking on i don't mm. know if don't remember if i had that much trouble in 15
1: yeah from what i remember in 15 the for the most part the camera was okay yeah
0: and that brings me perfectly to talking about aerial combat Something that Final Fantasy 15 did very well. Mm, with a warping and, like, yeah, yeah and stuff it was a like really that. fun yeah. mechanic. This one, though, is characters get in range of them and then they will decide to jump. So it feels really clunky when you're trying to do something. You're just like sitting below it, whacking at it, hoping Cloud or Tifa decide to go, oh, we'll jump up to it. Which obviously that's what Barrett's meant to fulfill because he is the ranged guy. He is meant to take out these targets. Yeah. And- but these characters do have obviously the ability to jump up and it just felt it just felt really bad and the ai themselves too are generally not great yeah, so i really wish there's a way to program the ai so like dragon age origins did this where you could pick what they did at certain health thresholds and what they do at the start in the right. of combat.
1: which I think is a great idea, like actually at least giving them sort of like parameters for what they will do. Yeah, like if they'll be like more aggressive at certain points or like more defensive and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I guess
0: you could argue that it's maybe taking control out of your hands, but in a yeah. way it's giving you the ability to let the AI kind of handle themselves better. Rather
1: than it just being completely random, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. and there are abilities like you can get the auto-cure material is, like, they, they will cast it at certain thresholds. Right. But I just wish they integrated that into its own system. Yeah. Mm. Which would make a lot of the more tedious aspects of managing that party yeah. a lot easier. So instead of, like, okay, so he's going to randomly use up his ATB when I was planning for something. I would like it if I had the ability to control if he's actually capable of doing that. Yeah. And then a few times it cost me kind of someone's life, at certain points where I wish they didn't have casted something because I had something planned. Right, and it's
1: because it's also not a huge party size. Is it like is it generally three in your it's party? It's three or? at a
0: time, yeah. For the most part, you generally occasionally get some helpful helper characters, which are just AI you have no control over.
1: Yeah, right. Which mm. is
0: probably even worse. I think overall, right, everything I've said, I actually really enjoy this game, mm. despite there being some clear flaws with it. I would Mm. say even for people who haven't played it, it is worth giving a go. And whether or not you will like the other games isn't really important here. You may enjoy this one and get invested now before they start to go when they're three games in and you're going, well, I can't really be bothered playing that now because I kind of missed the chance. I highly recommend people who are kind of on the fence to really check this game out. Yeah. And like, see if it is for you. If you actually get through it, You'll be, you'll be pleasantly surprised unless you're part of the internet who hates things because there is some controversy with how this game ends. I'm not going to say mm. anything about that because obviously a review is so you can know whether or not to play a game or not. So I'm not going to ruin that for you. I just think, yeah, this, the future of these games are exciting. Yeah. And going in a direction most people might not expect. And I think it's definitely more than a remake. And it was definitely worth the five year wait from the announcement Mm. to release. Yeah, and I think it's cool
1: almost as a bridge as well between sort of like the older Final Fantasy games and then infusing it with like the newer kind of combat style of like Fifteen, like taking elements of that as well. So it's, yeah. it, it sounds like it's, you know, a faithful, you know, remake or adaptation of the original game, but also a great like jumping on point yeah. for people like me who haven't really played many of the games I overall.
0: I would say now is a great time to be a Final Fantasy fan. Yeah. Because you've got remake, you've still got the mainline series which will release in... 40 years when they finish it you've got final fantasy 14 which honestly is an amazing mmo yeah that people who enjoy mmos and haven't found one they liked 14 may be that one but for this Mm. review we're talking about final fantasy 7 and i absolutely think it's a great game yeah despite all the flaws i mentioned like it adds character you know yeah so that's my review for final fantasy 7 and that brings us finally to the end of the show thank you so much for joining us i've been mitch and joining me has been Callum. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to use your material to share it with your friends and make sure to follow or subscribe on your podcast service of choice so you'll be ready for more episodes of the podcast. Hope we'll see you again as there's always a podcast to Karaga. Goodbye.